Hello there, this is D, and welcome to, welcome, welcome, I have to learn how to say welcome. Welcome to episode 128 of the Benzo Free Podcast. I'm so glad you're here joining us. As you can see, I am on video, um, something I haven't done in a long time on the podcast, but something you will start seeing more of as we do more content, more video content, and a lot more coming up. I'm really excited about it all. Today we have Doreen Shervin on our um, podcast today, um, a woman who I started working with about six months ago on easing anxiety, and we're developing a lot a lot of infrastructure and long story, and we'll get into some of that today and definitely on our next podcast. Um, but I just wanted to um, kick this off really quick and let you know that I am using a new software on here, which is called StreamYard. And um, I haven't used it in a couple of years. And so I, I don't always know the right button. And sometimes I hit the wrong thing. And in fact, um, this is actually being recorded after the second half of this episode. I seem to have re I took a pause when we recorded this this morning. And um, when I came back, instead of continuing, I hit the wrong button, which said restart and it overwrote the first half of the podcast. So Doreen and I, Doreen was kind enough to um, come back on later today um, and talk with us more on that, on, on, on the topic, the stuff that we missed. So we're going to re-record that first 20 minutes of the podcast um, until that break, and then you'll see the rest of the podcast. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm sure it's all going to, going to turn out fine. So I just want to thank you all for joining us today. And I think today would be really informative to learn about Doreen, her background, and all the stuff that's going on. So, but we're going to move right in. Let's not delay any longer and let's jump in and join Doreen on the call and let's do a brief introduction with that. Hi, Doreen. How are you Hi, doing? How are you? I'm doing good. Good to see you again. Yes. Now that we are recording this and thank you for your patience. I appreciate no that. No worries. No worries. That's very kind of you. Um, so I'm going to jump in real quick and kind of go back and talk about your background and your bio and your involvement with the Alliance and okay. uh, your history and stuff like that. We're just going to kind of cover some of that information so people on the podcast get a chance to get to know you. Good. Okay. So my first question is, um, let's talk about your, your background, especially the career you've had, your education, and all the work you've done. Just to tell some about yourself in that regard. Okay. Um, so my career was... Um, I started with, I have a doctorate in public health and uh, prior to that, I got a master's in guidance and counseling and a degree in psychology, uh, all from Texas universities. And um, the reason that that's important is that I really started out in psychology wanting to help individuals. And as I, I had some really important experiences that helped me realize that I, I thought if I could put my efforts to helping communities and populations, that that would be where I wanted to spend my time. And I was very uh, intrigued by the idea of preventing problems rather than dealing with the aftermath of problems. So that's why I went into pu public health. Uh, after I got my doctorate, I went to Stanford University to set up a health promotion program there. And then I went... I was in a number of organizations that essentially worked for the federal government to do um, public health strategy, uh, program development, and evaluation. So I worked with um, groups like the Centers for Disease Control, 
the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, many of the large HHS uh, Health and Human Service agencies. Um, and so I did that for 40 years and I'm pretty much uh, at this point retired from that, but still uh, eager to apply my skills to uh, things that are important, like the work we're doing together. Oh, it's so good to have you have on the team and working and doing the work we're doing. You had um, you had written a blog post or a couple of blog posts on suicidality. And also, I know you have some background in that. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for me? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I was, uh, for three years, I really had the privilege of being the director of the National Action Alliance for Suicide Prevention, which is a very large public-private partnership uh, to address the issues of suicide prevention in the United States. So the public part of that was all the health and human services agencies that are uh, concerned with any aspect of, of suicide. The private part were all the uh, national organizations uh, that have anything to do with suicide, like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention or the Trevor Project, but also many of the large industries where people uh, can be vulnerable and where people uh, can also where their needs can be identified and addressed. So, with the with the railroads, the National Railroad Association and the NFL, and really the big organizations all coming together to um, develop policies and direction to help stem the issues of suicide in this country. And as you well know, the issues that we deal with with the benzodiazepine community make. Yeah. Uh, make make us all vulnerable to suicide. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What? Um, let's move a little bit into. You had direct experience with benzodiazepines. Yeah. So, can you share some of your benzo story for the rest of us, so they can kind of get up to speed and understand yeah, so you a little better? Probably twenty five years ago, maybe. Uh, I uh, was really struggling with fibromyalgia, which was really chronic pain cognitive fog, um, chronic, chronic exhaustion. And, but I also had to be extremely productive at work. Um, I never couldn't not, I couldn't not be productive. And so when I spoke to my internist, she was, um, she were, she prescribed a benzodiazepine, clonazepam or clonopin, many of you know. And, um, to really to help with the the muscle pain and kind of all the emotional issues around fibromyalgia. And I was on this benzodiazepine for so many years. After a while, I noticed that I couldn't tell that it was really helping. But more importantly, uh, as I was getting older, I started looking at the literature, the evidence around long-term benzodiazepine use. And I got pretty worried, um, especially when I was looking at the and everything we know about benzodiazepines in older people, where benzodiazepines are associated with falls, um, motor vehicle accidents, cognitive impairment. And, um, and so I, I really decided to uh, go on the journey to get off of Klonopin. And um, as I've said to you before, you know, I really had the benefit of um, a lot of personal uh, 
choice where I could find doctors that I wanted to work with that would work with me based on the things that I thought were important. Um, that if there was a doctor that wouldn't uh, do things as slowly as I wanted, um, I really could make that choice. And not everybody has that choice. And right. I think really important. Um, I was very influenced by the Ashton Manual. I um, I read your book, which was very um, helpful. Uh, and so I embarked on this journey. And it took me two very uh, long, deliberate, difficult years. I did, uh, I was able to get um, Clonopin in a through a compounded pharmacy in a liquid version, and was able to micro taper. And it it uh, it was a very deliberate process. I you listened to my body when I couldn't do cuts, I wouldn't. Um, but uh, it's been two years now, and one of the things I do want to say is, even though it, it is difficult, uh, and some people have much more challenge than I do. I just want to say to people, it's really possible to, to heal from benzodiazepines and to feel like you're living a rich life. And not everybody has the same outcomes and benefits. Some people still continue to struggle. Uh, but uh, that's kind of the benzodiazepine. How, how are you now? How, how would you consider yourself? Did you still have any symptoms or are you? Yeah. Um, sometimes I. Uh, I have uh, irritability and mm -hmm. a little bit of agitation. Okay. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's hard to parse out what is life and what is. I know. What yeah. is the, uh, but it, it feels like it comes out of the blue and it feels very uh, much like my neurologic system is activated. I think it's very hard to ever know if. You be if it's net neutral, if you can get off them and it and you're just it's never an effect anymore. So, uh, but I know other folks just struggle with uh, long even the when the benzodiazepines are out of their system. Yeah, mind is a is a real and challenging challenging issue. Oh yeah, I think we all know that. I'm nine years and still have you know had the recurrence recently to set back and it's just kind of you really have and it's, it's a struggle. It's, yeah. It's really hard to keep your uh, perspective and, and spirits up when, when you feel like something's happened to you and you're doing everything you can to make it yeah. be strong. Especially when you've been, you feel like you've you know been progressively improving over years, and you think you're ninety percent or whatever back, and then you have that 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 downturn or setback. And I don't want to say it's extreme; it's just more you're backtracked a little bit. You know, like long COVID, I know I've talked to so many people with COVID has set them a little back. You know, um, for some people, it's stress of, you know, the events of the world and stuff like that have sent them back. Some people, it's an illness of some kind that has sent them back. And that's very di distressing, you know, for the individual because you've come so far and you've worked so hard and it's been so difficult to get here, yeah. you know. And but, one of my personal coping strategies is really to assume that has nothing it, this is not necessarily true but this is how i cope which is to assume it has nothing to do with benzodiazepine injury but that it is the ebbs and flows of life um yeah. but the reality is is that i was on a benzodiazepine for over 25 years and that's got to make a, a difference yeah 
no, there's definitely some. Yeah, for me it was twelve. You, you had me, you had me beat there. You know, as far as but it's, yes, we don't, yeah, we don't even know what duration or dosage. We still don't really know what effect that has on people's outcomes. It's you know some some things seem to say that it has an effect. Some things seem to say they don't as much because somebody at two to four weeks can wind up with symptoms. You know, can wind up with dependence, and yet. You know, I know people who have been on it for 10 years who came right off the drug with very little problem. Right. There's so many factors that we still haven't figured out. Well, I think there's, you know, we're on a journey to learn. And, and we, uh, through Easing Anxiety and the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices and BIC, we're all really working to make sure right. that there's attention. And, you know, and FDA has really taken up the mantle with the box warnings to, to say that, there's something going on here, and this is a really important area for investigation and attention. Yes, absolutely. I, the 2020 warning was really beneficial. It, we all wish it would have gone a little further, but it's still it's absolutely. the first it's the first one to have admitted or or said that there is long term complications, and these are something you have to be cautious of, and we need to be careful of that. And, and it shouldn't be prescribed for more than two. Yep, to four that too. You that was you, I think. Yeah, so I think that's really great to have that. You just brought up um, my next topic, which is the Alliance. So you're involved with the Alliance. I think you're on the board there. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the Alliance and how you got involved and what your role is there? Yeah, you know, the I've been on the board for uh, four years and I got involved with the Alliance because I really, as I said, prevention is a really big value of mine. And so I, while I was in the process of tapering, I really felt like I needed to understand more. And as I found out what um, kind of, where was the evidence base about what works and what doesn't uh, around benzodiazepines and benzodiazepine tapering, I found out about the Alliance and I was really attracted to it because of its, its values around um, trying to help providers understand that they can make different decisions than uh, prescribing benzodiazepines. And that there is something to uh, be said for giving people tools and skills to deal with the, um, whether it's anxiety or insomnia or pain or whatever reason somebody is prescribed, that there are different strategies. And so I uh, went to the Alliance and then quickly became a, a part of the board and have been working with the Alliance around policy development, around legislation, trying to look at legislative issues. Um, we have recently just uh, were, were awarded a grant with, from FDA through the Safe Use Initiative to work with Kaiser Permanente to do a, a project to see how um, healthcare providers can be influenced to make um, a range of decisions before they pre prescribe benzodiazepines. So, yeah, that's um, fascinating. I, I, I know. I've, I've, yeah, Bernie, Bernie Silvernail, who's the founder, and of course you yeah. work with and I work with all the time. But yeah, he was cluing me in on that a couple of times in our recent meetings. And um, yeah, I think it's that's great that that tie in with Kaiser and of course their data, their patient history, they have such a closed loop that they really have a great model for research, you know, because of the way they, they do business. So it's a great, great method. And I think a great um, opportunity. You know, and one thing, and we should probably talk about this on another podcast, but one sure. thing that's really interesting about this is that it really acknowledges the idea that it's not just 
that any individual healthcare provider can't necessarily uh, just know to uh, you know how to treat the, the issues that the complex issues that they're faced with when they have eight minutes to see a patient. So if somebody yeah. comes in with really chronic anxiety and yet they um, the provider has eight minutes to address it, right. it's a really tough structural issue in, in the system. So what this project is going to be doing is to have, you know how in electronic health records, you have to sometimes answer questions before you can go, the provider has to answer questions before they can go further. Well, in this case, there's going to be kind of a stop when anybody, uh, when a provider is make, is maybe deciding to prescribe a benzodiazepine to give them some kind of thoughts and strategies about making uh, other decisions before a benzodiazepine is prescribed. And if a benzodiazepine is prescribed, to offer uh, a care plan to get them off within sure. a short period of time. Anyway, it's a yeah, it's, it's a bridge drug. We want to make sure that it. yeah yeah give them a thirty day supply or something, but make sure that you also leave them with instructions on how to get the long term help so they don't have to be on the drug longer than a week or two. Because um, you know so often we doctors sometimes will say it's a bridge drug to get you on therapy, but then the follow up isn't always there, or the yeah. instruction on how to do that isn't always there. And I think that's so important for people to have when they're going in. That's great. And so, yeah. And so, um, you know, you and I know each other and I was going to talk about that transition a little bit. And so you, I've seen you several times on some of the work groups that Benzodiazepine Action Work Group. I know you've been in those meetings. Yeah. And of course, I knew you were on the board with Bernie and we kind of seen each other around. But then um, I think we were both a little bit interested in what each other was doing. And, and I got an email from you about wanting to have a conversation. What, what drove you to do that? And, and, and then where did that go? So, well, I just was really um, interested in the approach that you take, which is not just around, you know, see, so you started with your book and then the Benzo free podcast, but you really shifted to the whole issue of anxiety as a broader topic. And, and I was just really wanted to get to to know your perspective better and so we reached and then we had a, a lot of synergies in, in our perspectives and interest in in doing something different and perhaps new for uh the community that we want to build yeah i i agree we kind of we just started meeting it was kind of an interesting process we just you know we started to meet once a week and we just chatted at first it took us probably a month or two just to get to know each other and yeah. kind of see what what were you wanting to do? What was I wanting to do? How did that cross over? Um, and I think we started to realize we enjoyed working with each other and it just kind of kept developing and and kept growing. Um, and yeah, I, said this, I uh, forgive me, you said that, uh, you know, we really have very different professional backgrounds, yes. but and which is very complimentary, but by having lived experience, that creates, and both of us were on Clonopin, which is interesting. Uh, and is not that unusual, unfortunately. Not that <laughs> yeah. unusual. Not that yeah. unusual. And, you know, and so it, it, it brought us together in pretty complimentary ways. I, I totally agree. And I think that was, yeah, and it's funny because that process that we kind of developed is the process we've been now using with other people that we've been starting to have conversations with to bring them maybe on board or to partner with. And some of them have their own organizations and we're just looking to partner with them and work, which we work with, you know, one thing, as you know, from easing anxiety, 
you know, our main goal is just to be part of the community and we don't see anybody as competition. It's all, if we can promote another benzodiazepine organization or YouTube channel or coaching, whatever, we're happy to do that. And they're happy to do it with us. And it just, we're building this community. Um, and I think that it feeds into our general approach, which is, you know, there's no one way. And that, um, so if somebody comes to us, like I use this as an example a lot, but if somebody comes to me, that's maybe a veteran um, who's having some, you know, anxiety problems, maybe benzo problems too, but also has that, you know, maybe PTSD or something out of, I'm going to probably say, you know what, you know, we're happy to help you however we can, but give Angie a call, you know, send, send him over to Angie Peacock because that's her background. She knows that so much better than I do. You know, sometimes it's about referring people to the right place to get help, you know, well, and, having right that, and, and having that network. Yeah. And I think we both saw the world in that aspect where, you know, we're just about trying to get people are individual. They're going to need their own path. And maybe some of that they can find with us, some of that they're going to find other places. but it's about helping people find the answers that they're looking for. Well, and the need is huge. I mean, Absolutely. even there's there's the the benzodiazepine um, affected folks, and that's just it's a. I think we have no idea the prevalence, and yeah. the more we talk, the more we hear about people that have been affected and and need support. And then there's the whole. Um, anxiety, you know, the prevalence of anxiety in this country, especially, and you were talking about COVID, especially after COVID, I think there's, um, there's just a, a tremendous yeah. recognition that anxiety is. There's a lot of, yeah, I mean, anxiety comes out of the world from a lot of places, but especially from instability. Um, and that, that instability can come from a pandemic. It can come from a war. It can come from all different kinds of places, but insta instability yeah. is such great breeding ground for anxiety. And, you know, yeah. you and I have both seen, because we, we had this conversation too about moving, moving, easing anxiety, moving into easing, easing anxiety, which also includes adding more anxiety to part of our puzzle. So we support benzodiazepine dependence and withdrawal, and we support people with general anxiety. There's a lot of crossover there, as we all know. But that's why we do this is we're trying to approach it from two sides um, and help people not get on the drugs at the same time of people, you know, get off the drugs who have become dependent on it. But also I see so often, especially in youth, but also just in the world in general, anxiety is just shooting through the roof. Yeah. You know, if you see the statistics, it's ridiculous. It is. And um, it it's. It's certainly uh, nobody owns it in terms of like, is it a young people issue or an older people person issue? It's really uh, pervasive. But I think one of the things that we've certainly come to understand is that there are a lot of strategies and a lot of approaches yeah. that uh, that can be meaningful to people that are struggling. And I think the the thing that I found when I was on a benzodiazepine and, and maybe when, also when you're struggling with anxiety is it's very hard to wade through what is going to work for you and and what what is out there that we know and it's credible. And, you know, we've really uh, talked about helping to be the translators for people uh, to be able yeah. to help people understand um, what might what what is an, an approach that might work for them uh right right and that's exactly it is we're, we're passing on information that we've learned but we're not telling people exactly what to do it's more here's information here's resources here's some things that we've learned here's some of the research we've been involved with 
you know, here's some stuff that's going on, but you know, we're not telling people what to do. It's really, it's still between that person and their own practice, you know, own provider on how they pursue things, but everybody's got different paths. Everybody has different um, issues going on in their lives. And I think it's so important to address that and realize it's okay that, you know, our box isn't, we don't have one box, you know, it's like, we don't have any boxes. We just have, you know, let's take this one step at a time and move forward. And, and, well, you, and know, you and I are a, a great example of, uh, even though we were on the same medication in this case, yeah. uh, we had very different experiences mm-hmm. and, and things that worked for us and didn't, but, and so there is not one path, as you've said, but there, yeah. there are some universal truths and there are some ways yeah that um but there isn't a a one-size-fits-all right i couldn't agree more yeah i love that um i'm gonna go ahead and start wrapping this first section up because um as i mentioned everybody we had already recorded this and lost the first half and so this is us re-recording the first half and at this point in the first half um I took, we took a break. I was going to take a bathroom break. And so um, right after the end of here, you're going to see us picking up after that break. Um, yeah. And you're going to be able to say hi to my dog, Murphy, as he comes onto the screen there you go. here in a second. All right, Doreen, um, that's you. enough for this half. And we'll jump in and pick it up where we left off earlier. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Okay, I think we're back. Um, hopefully that all worked and I restarted the recording. I, I had to start back up again as I came back from the restroom. Murphy, my dog, came to say hi. So there's Murphy. Say hi, Murphy. You say hi, bud? Hi. Murphy is a very sweet dog. He really is. He's just oh, he's smelling my chai. So yeah. which is part of why I needed the break. Um <laughs> I've been drinking caffeine this morning, which is like a no-no when I do these things, but I couldn't help myself. And of course, I had to make a run to the restroom. So thank you for letting us pause that there for a moment as we get back. I see you. I know you want to be part of this. I know. (laughs) As I talk to my dog in the process. Um, But we were starting to get some interesting things. And I wanted to start shifting into that a little bit about kind of our philosophy and what we're doing. And I want to give a little precursor. There'll be another podcast coming out um, in... Uh, let's see here. We've got we got to have one coming out probably in early December, and that one is going to be focused on the specifics of easing anxiety. And um, oh, I didn't mean to switch that. There we go. We're still here, and that's going to be the specifics of easing anxiety. So look for that one. We're kind of kind of going to be our announcement of what's coming in January and February and the rest of 2024. So that's kind of our big launch. So we're not talking a lot of specifics today, but we want to talk a bit about behind the scenes. What's been going on with Doreen and I, what we've been working on, why we're looking at these changes, what's coming down the pike for us, and just kind of, you know, get get a little flavor of what we were looking into. And let's start a little bit with um, this monetization thing, because that's kind of a part of all this behind it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I've been honest with everybody on our podcast that eventually we need to find a way that this site, support site, podcast, everything else we do can be sustainable financially. Um, as you all know, I've been hosting this podcast for four and a half years now, and I have yet to cover my expenses any one of those years. So I've always been at a loss and we just can't keep doing that. It just doesn't, is it feasible? And I know a lot of other organizers within the Benzo community who are struggling with the same thing. And they're trying to figure out how can I make a career out of this? How can we keep going with this? And of course, without some income. So 
I mentioned to you that I'm building, we're building a site here at Easing Anxiety. So some of you have already subscribed to that site. There's not much there yet, um, but that's what we're going to talk about. And that's what's coming. But I wanted to mention that one of the reasons we needed to monetize was for that reason, even though Doreen and myself and everybody else involved, that's not our primary driver, but it is something that we need to have there to sustain it. It needs to be, I really would like people involved with our site to be reimbursed for their time, especially people who are benzo injured and want to come over and, and maybe coach or maybe do blog material or do something that we have an environment where those people then can actually get paid for their work so that, you know, so many of us have lost jobs and lost careers of what we've been through. And I'd love to create that kind of environment. So I just had a whole mouthful there, Doreen. Do you want to pipe in and you know, say what your thoughts are on that whole topic? Well, you know, one of the things that I think I never really thought about is the amount that you've invested in in setting up, you know, that to even do blogs and podcasts, you have to have project management software. You have to have you know, so many different tools and software that you've invested in that none of us that have benefited from what you've offered before have even considered. And, um, you know, so I think that, um, as you said, neither one of us is looking to, um, is looking for a, a lot, but we have to, support ourselves and yeah, and that's yeah. what you're you're talking about and so but but to do that and and d and i talk all the time about that we only can do what we do if we provide value to the community and so yeah. we really are very focused on what is what is valuable what is meaningful yeah exactly and, and i, I want to make sure i preface all that too with in the past we've taken donations here and there have been some totally amazing people who have donated to um, Benzo Free Podcast and to the Easing Anxiety site. And I just want to be so thankful. Unfortunately, it would just take a huge amount of donations to actually wind up offsetting our expenses. Um, but those donations have done that some months and have been amazing. And especially a few of them who are just there almost every month coming through with money to support us. And I'm so grateful. And if you want to check it out, those people are listed on our side of the people who have been our regular contributors. And we're really grateful for that. But we thought maybe moving into um, less of a donation minded, you know, thing to more of a membership or, you know, some kind of structure like that made more sense. And so that's kind of why we've been easing into that direction. It just, it, you can't, it's really difficult for us to sustain ourselves based on a donation platform. It just doesn't quite work. So. Do you want to talk about in, in broad strokes, some of the, yeah. the ways that we see easing anxiety growing and building and evolving? Yeah, I would love to. Let's, let's both talk about she, she's prompt. She's prompting me, even though she's been equally part of these conversations as I have. So this is from both yeah. of us. It's both um, of us, yeah. I know, that's what I love. And this is, see, I'm really glad we're doing this because I, I want people to get to know you better. I know a lot of people have been listening to me for a long time and following me. And, you know, there's a trust that builds with that. And I, I love that. Um, and I never, of course, want to betray that. I just want to make sure build on that. And I want that same for you as you're coming over here. And so the blog post, but now doing more of the content here with me, is going to get your face out there. People are going to get to know you and start to understand who you are. And I, I love this because you're, you're you're going to be part of that process too. So I'm excited to see, you know, people having a chance to get to know Doreen because, 
you know, I, I, I want this to spread out to be a lot more than me as we expand easing anxiety. But um, yeah, as, as you were mentioning with, with the, the platform, we've had these kind of circular conversations over and over again. And often Doreen and I have been coming back many times to, well, maybe we should include this. Or we should know well, we could do this, but we should launch this. What about launching? No, let's, let's go back over here. And, and it's good. It's, it's been an organic discussion. And I think it's, it's what we had to do because we were brainstorming and we were figuring out now we're starting to get a plan in place for how we're, um, how we're um, bringing this forward. And, I think we've broken this down, and you can elaborate on this for me, Doreen, if you don't mind, into two basic areas that we're looking at. And one is the content, which is what we've been doing mostly all along. And the other is what um, we don't really have a title for it. It's community, it's services. We're still kind of figuring out what that name is. So community and services would be more coaching or support groups or online you know, forums or online chats, or we would have office hours, that kind of thing with people or something where they could contact us and we could do live streams. And, and that's that community that we're still building. But then there's the content. And we decided, well, the content is the thing that got us here. And so we want to really get that consistent and get that formed and moving forward. So we're focusing on the content first. And then with that services piece, hopefully coming in you know, after, as we keep moving with the content. Um, can you elaborate a little more than what I, I'm kind of just throwing it out there, Doreen? So. You've, uh, you know, you, you, this is very much what we've been talking about. And so what, what we, so what is it that you offer a community? Uh, and so not only do we come with our professional expertise, but really lived experience and, uh and I think the question is, when you think about offering something to a community, it has to be, um, I mean, Dee and I talk a lot about listening to the community. And so as we uh, evolve into whether it's a membership or a subscription, we, we're very interested in hearing from everyone about how this is meeting needs and aligning with the journeys that people need to go on or want to go on. And so the content is um is, is making sense out of the huge uh flood a tsunami of information and content out there both in the benzo space and in the anxiety space and then that that's one piece the other part of the content is that we have the we're very blessed to be connected to people that are experts in these in these many fields and we can bring them to the fore we can we can help focus conversations that we think are going to be helpful to members and the community and um, you know, there, there's also so many things that we hear about uh, from whether a vegan diet is important or what herb do you use or is is EMDR a helpful tool for anxiety? Well, what we have been talking about really focusing on is being able to analyze what is known about those tools and techniques, but not necessarily taking a position because there's, uh, but, but presenting what is known, what the evidence is and what the risks and benefits are. <coughs> so I think 
that's no I, I love you're always you're, you're nailing the things that i'm thinking and i love it you're coming out with them very clearly and i, I love that you're saying that i just want to back well, up yes six said. months of conversations about i know <laughs> i know i know but it's so funny to hear things that you and i have talked about to come out you know and come out in a conversation like this it's just sure. I, I love it um it, it, what you said feeds exactly into you're right we we want to make sure one of the things where i think we can differentiate ourselves a little bit and I'm not, this is not against any other um, groups in the community. It's just more, we're definitely evidence focused. We're definitely, um, you know, background focused. So we want to make sure that, you know, I've been very careful on the podcast for years of not recommending substances, not recommending adjunctive, you know, medications, not recommending all these things, because number one, we're not medical professionals, so we can't do that. But also people are different and we want to see the research. You know, and so one of the things that we definitely have here at Easing Anxiety is we have a strong research background yeah. um, in what the work we've done, what work we've done. Alliance works, I mean, blah. Doreen works over at the Alliance, is on the board there, and they are the ones that are sponsoring a lot of the research that's been going on. So she really knows what's been happening over there. And I've been on several of the research teams and authored several of the papers. So and right now, in fact, we're doing one that's a systematic review of benzodiazepine literature on bind or bind-like conditions. And I mean, I'm reading thousands of abstracts of articles on benzo. So you can't help but start to absorb some of that. And that really helps. And so we want to make sure that we have backing for what we do. And that's one of the reasons why we're so closely tied in with research, with other nonprofit organizations like the Alliance, like BIC because they're often the ones that are actually behind some of that research and behind trying to find evidence to say, hey, by the way, we just found out that, you know, ashtawanda or something is really beneficial coming through that or not. Or not. Um, yeah. But, but as, as, as Doreen also mentioned, we don't want to come down necessarily as yes or no. We want to help provide the information to you so that you and your medical team can make the decision of what's best for you coming off drugs or dealing with anxiety. And I think the uh, the other piece is that, and maybe we haven't used this term, but it's almost like with with all the literature that you've looked at, what we're trying to do is to translate that to folks that are on a day to day basis struggling with benzodiazepine issues and anxiety issues, and so none of us really have the capacity when we're dealing with the the difficult issues that we've been talking about here to understand what all this research shows and what it doesn't and what the limits are and so what we want to do is to be like translators for our community yes. and um and in translating it's not dictating and uh, i think that that's a really important distinction that we, can we i feel like we kind of have that which is brew, the brew that we're kind of stirring and we're combining in some evidence, we're combining in our own personal experiences, we're combining in the experiences of other individuals we worked with. And it kind of creates this kind of, so we're not just saying, oh, here's the evidence there, but we're also saying, here's the evidence. Here's how we kind of see that maybe ties in to somebody going through benzo withdrawal. Here's how, what I've done and I've seen that too. So we can share anecdotal and research, but we always make sure that we say where it's coming from. And that's one of the things I want to make sure, like when I tell you my story, I always want to always emphasize it's my story and that your story is going to be different. It's going to be, you know, we all have different paths through this. Um, one of the things we do want to say is that with all the work that that's going on here, we don't want to forget that human element. And that's where 
it, it's kind of been nice for me. And Doreen, you can add to this because the research is great and it feeds that logical side of me, you know, so I can do, I do some data analysis for them and we do the wow. research and we go through the papers and that feeds that. But I also have that, you know, the right brain. I have that creative emotional side and that's where the podcast has always come in. And one of the things that a word that keeps coming up for both Doreen and I is connection. And that's the one thing we never want to lose. So we have the informational background. I believe we have a really strong foundation and and some and knowledge of kind of what, what has happened and what's working. But we want to make sure we always combine that with that human connection. Um, in fact, Doreen and I, I'm, I started adding an AI disclaimer to the bottom of our right. blogs. And Doreen yeah. started doing it too. And it basically says, this blog was written by, a, I think, a human person, you know, probably, probably a little redundant, but it's basically um, that we write our own blogs. While, yes, some research may be attributed to, you know, if you do a Google research or using AI, it just kind of happens naturally. But all the writing is done by human beings. All the relation of what we've been through is from human beings. And we're always going to try to stay true to that. So it's something. So what I'm trying to say is there's that connection that we have by sharing our personal stories and sharing our lives and sharing the lives of others back and forth that really seems to have been beneficial to many people listening to this podcast. And that's another, that's the other focus that Doreen and I want to make sure you understand we will stay focused to. And that's part of that compassionate, you know, responsibility we talked about. Doreen, you want to elaborate on that any? Well, no, I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about, we want to make sure that every interaction is based on decency, you know, that nobody, um, there's not, there's not a space for anybody to put anybody else down or to say that that's, a, that's not right. It's just not what we're about. You know, right. we are really talking about, there's a way in everything we do, whether we're able to, as we evolve into more and more services, whether it's support groups or coaching, that there is, um, a fundamental respect for each other and each other's experience and uh, that we're there to usher and guide the process along, but we're not there to um, put anybody's experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and just so you know, real quick, in case you hear clicking in the background, it's my dog chewing on a bone next to me. So I apologize if that's coming through on the mic. I hope it's not, but he's chewing on a Nyla bone. So it's kind of coming through. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think that's the thing we want to stay really true to. Yes, is that personal connection, um, the understanding, the compassion. And like you said, um, just common respect for one another um, and common caring for one another. That's what we're built on. And I want to make sure we always maintain that kindness matters. And, you know, well, I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily always agree that, you know, we should dictate, you know, how you treat somebody, but I think we, it's always good to encourage people just to treat people with respect. And so we take that approach. Um, and it's something we're going to make sure we kind of keep going, going forward with is that type of thing. But one of the things that Doreen and I also have talked about dreams really push this and I love it. And, um, I've been the, the, the ones, you know, haven't been ready to pass it out yet, but, Doreen has really been pushing, trying to get us to find out what you think, um, you know, and I totally agree with it. I just haven't had a chance to kind of kind of get up to speed with it. But it's something we wanted to mention here, which is we this is an organization that many of you helped us build. You know, you've helped us get here. And 
Um, in fact, we're involving some of you. We've already reached out to some people and pulled them in to um, be part of what we're doing here. And, w- and we'll talk more about that in the upcoming podcast. But we want to make sure that you understand. We'd like to know what you think of this. Like, what would you find most valuable? And one of the things we're going to put up pr- pretty soon on the website is this is this is the Doreen's baby is a survey. We want to get a survey out there of what are you looking for? So we're going to get that online here within the next few weeks. But even right now, we can get a, a taste of things. And if you want to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Right, Doreen? Absolutely. You know, so we may come forward with sets of ideas, you know, whether it's office hours or um, or certain kinds of online presence and support. And it might not be right. And if it's not right, we don't want to keep doing it. But yeah. if But if it is supportive or if there's a way to turn it, 10 degrees to the left that's going to make it more meaningful then we we are going to do that and um and so the more feedback you give us on the feedback form that uh dj's or the link dj's put up or comments and um any other way that or emails to us i think it would be welcome um so I love that. I agree. And that, yeah, we've had the feedback form. I'll say it too. It's easinganxiety.com slash feedback. We just had it on the screen. Um, you can always go there and we will, both of us will review those and look at those as they come in. Um, and also, of course, if you have the email address, you can always send us to that too, or even just comment on YouTube. We'll try to pay attention, especially on this, this one. I'll make sure I look at the YouTube comments. So if you just want to yeah. comment on YouTube to this too, um, that'd be a great way to communicate with us of what you're looking for. And once we get that survey on there, it will go out to the mailing list. So, you know, big, make sure you're on the mailing list. That's helpful to do that. So you'll get that invite to come join us and tell us more about it, uh, about what your thoughts are and what you might be wanting um, for what we're looking to do here. We really want this to be, again, it's always been, and I've said this from day one of the podcast, that this is your podcast. Um, and the same for this site. This is, I mean, you know, we haven't been doing this and I haven't been doing this for four and a half years, you know, just because I like talking to a microphone, you know, I do it because the feedback we get from you all is that this has helped. Um, and so we want to make sure we keep going in that direction of what's helping, what's, you know, is it coaching you're really looking for? You're looking for a support group. You're looking for content specific to this or that. You really want to know more about, you know, um, hypersensitivity and you want to know how do I deal with, you know, light issues if the light's too bright or I've got depersonalization, DPD, you know, whatever it is, we want to know from you what you want to hear. And that will lead our content that will help guide us. We look at that stuff and sometimes we go, oh, I probably should get a blog post out today. What should it be on? We have those questions. And that's where that kind of input really helps because we can go to those and say, oh, you know, so-and-so mentioned that she'd like to see more about this. Oh, well, Doreen, you want to take that? Or you want me to? And one of us will take it and we'll we'll do some research and we'll work up a post or we'll do a blog podcast on it. This is where the content comes from. You all are part of that and a vital part of it. And we really appreciate it. The only thing I would add is what we haven't talked about yet is that I particularly am very interested in the issue of uh, older adults and anxiety or older adults and benzodiazepines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dee, you've talked about, you know, you feel like there's a there's not enough support for men and anxiety. Yeah. You know, so if there are specific topical issues that either we can facilitate or we can find people that will fill that need. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. In fact, one of the first conversations you and I had was, I think, I don't know who which one of us mentioned it first, whether it's me or you, but I think you mentioned about like a women's group or a women's subgroup. And I mentioned about a men's group and it's like, oh, well, this would be kind of nice to break it up a little bit. So yeah, I'm hoping things like that. It's like some subsets of, you know, men's groups or women's groups or, or groups focused on, you know, older people or younger people, or it doesn't matter, you know, it's just sometimes there are specific, you know, needs of different populations, subpopulations that can be addressed in that. I think those are great things. We don't want to ever make them exclusionary and that's not our goal, but our goal is to help to address some things that might be, I, the reason I said men's group is I can't tell you the number of times I've been hearing from people lately who said, you know, my husband's really struggling or my, you know, and they don't know where to go. And for men, I know it's, it's often more difficult sometimes for them to seek counseling or seek therapy. So one of the things we'd like to do is not just for men, but also for women, but to be an alternative for people who may not be comfortable with that or not be able to get help, but maybe peer coaching. And that's more what we do, but maybe more of a peer approach is a place to go to that can also provide support for those people where it's a little more comfortable um, or a little different. You know, we're not certified counselors. We're not acting that, although some of the people that are helping us are. Um, we're presenting ourselves just as peers and peers that have been through it, peers who have done some research and peers who who get it and are here to try to help if we can, that's all. Does that make sense or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, again, I think um, the more we hear from you all, the yeah. more uh, targeted and meaningful this is is gonna be, so. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we have to say that uh, we really talking about doing everything on a digital online platform, mm -hmm. but at some point do you've talked about um, yeah. maybe moving and this is not, not tomorrow, but moving no. into a uh, face-to-face. Um, but yeah, you know. I would, I would love to do that. Um, I've, I, I mean, I teaching background and I loved teaching face-to-face. -face. I mean, I, the virtual is really nice to have that, but um, I'd like to get out there and start to meet people and actually talk people and maybe do some seminars, do some get togethers, do some meet and greets. Um, in fact, I was toying with the idea. I'm going to Orlando this, this, this in January and I was toying with the idea, although I don't think it's ever developed about, you know, just setting something up there while I'm there and see if people might want to come down and, you know, and, and meet with me for a little bit or do, or we can talk about, you know, our stories, or we can actually do a seminar or do, you know, a lecture of some kind or just, whatever it would look like. And I think we're just feeling it out and that's why it seems a little scrambled, but eventually get to where we start to do some events, some live events. And Doreen and I both and other members of Easing Anxiety can go out to different locations and meet with people face to face. And I think that's really an important part of what we're doing. So I think that's a great point, Doreen. We don't want to stay totally um, online. We don't want to stay totally digital. We really want to get out there and start to meet people and talk to people, even though we realize that is hard for some members of this population yeah. and yeah. for some people that doesn't work trust me we're not dropping the virtual because that's how we've reached you but for some people i think that's also very valuable valuable to get together with others and say hey um one of the things and i'm almost about to break down because when i talk about this it always gets me emotional i can't help it but when people write into me and say like i fall asleep to your podcast you know, because my voice was soothing or something related. And I realize some people might take that wrong, <laughs> but I don't. Because for some of those people, they haven't slept in four days. 
and listening to the podcast. And it's not that my voice is great. I think my lower voice is soothing and helps sometimes. It's not that our content is great. It's not that it's me. It's that, and I've heard this before, they have a friend next to them. You know, when they listen to it, it's that somebody's there talking and they don't feel so alone, so isolated. And that stuff just tears me up when I hear it and it tears me up when I try to share it. But that's what always has kept me going. That's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us trying to grow this. That's what helps to. I just recorded a podcast that was more personal and you can go back and listen to that one a few days ago. But one thing I didn't mention in there, but I wanted to mention was there is a high risk of burnout in the Benzo community. Yeah. Um, and Doreen has seen this too. And it's like so many people come along, do videos, do, you know, TikToks, do um, podcasts, do blogs for a while. But most don't last more than a couple years and they go on. Either they've gotten better and they're moving on to their new life or it's just this is really hard sometimes. And it takes a, takes all of you and a lot of you. One of the reasons I haven't posted a lot or didn't have a podcast in the last couple months is because I had to do some self-care. It's that simple. I needed some self-care and I needed to do that. And Doreen and I were working behind the scenes that whole time, but I was having some hard days and um, going through that. And so, and that I share with you and I shared with you on that last podcast of what I'm going through. So that's what we will keep doing. And I want to always be, and anybody who comes on board with Doreen and I here that's one of our our principles is to be authentic to be real to share our experiences be vulnerable so you know you're listening to somebody who gets it that's what i think it's about i don't maybe you can elaborate on that doreen i'm no, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna you, grab my you, tissue now because yeah, yeah well <laughs> i think it really is the concept of in this community you cannot uh maybe the greatest gift is letting somebody know that they're not alone and that they are uh, not the only one going through this. And even if your experiences might be different, so Dee's, your experience might be different than mine, we have enough shared um, experience to r recognize that in the other person. And that's- um, I love that. That goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Well, we've been talking pretty good for a while, and I think we should probably start to wrap things up if that's yeah. okay. Also, we want to save a lot of us. We haven't talked a lot of specifics about easing anxiety, but hang on. In probably the first or second week of December, we're going to have a podcast coming out. Doreen and I will both be on it just like we are here, but hopefully I'll understand the software better um, <laughs> and can drive a little better. But we'll be on... And we are going to provide specifics of what's coming in January and February of next year. So, and throughout the rest of next year, we have plans in place. We're really excited about them. They're coming down. And I think, I think there are a lot of what y'all are looking for, but don't forget to let us know um, via feedback of what you might want to see, what you're looking for, what's going to help you, where we've helped you in the past, how we could help you differently in the future. That's what we're looking for. And we want to know what, what that is. So, do that. And of course, don't feel feel free to check out our website, easinganxiety.com, because if you're only listening to the podcast or only seeing us on YouTube, you're not seeing our blog content. Um, so two ways to do that. One is subscribe to the um, the newsletter, which you can do at easinganxiety.com slash subscribe. And another way is to just go to our website and just see what's recent. You can see all our blog posts on there, all our podcasts. It's the one place where you can find all the stuff we do. Everything is on our website. So it's a good place to go check us out. 
Doreen, how would you like to close that? What would you like to have your last words on this one be wow. before we do the next one? So, uh, you know, I think um, the, as you were talking, the thing that came to mind is I always, I never saw myself as somebody that was anxious. I didn't. And then as I um, have been talking to Dee, I realize that that's um, personal smoke and mirrors, that really underneath it, there was um, issues with anxiety that I could identify. And I, I wrote a blog post called Own Anxiety. And I'm going to have to say more about that because I'm, you know, I was comfortable with an identity that I had somebody, that I had fibromyalgia. I was, I was comfortable saying I was somebody that experienced chronic pain, but it took me a minute to realize I, I want to be comfortable saying um, that anxiety is a part of my life too. And it comes and in, in goes and it might manifest itself differently than others, but there's kind of a, an owning of it that I appreciate. So that's the and, only thing I would end with. And to tack onto that, Doreen and I have actually been coaching each other because she shared with me some of her anxieties and I talked with her and then I get on and have a rough day and she would talk me through some things. And this is what friends do. You know, yeah. we help each other out. And this is the whole basis of coaching. It's the whole basis of peer support. We are 100% peer support and that's what we do. And this is the reason we're here. So thank you, Doreen, so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Um, um, for those of you out there, you're going to see a lot more of Doreen and our content. Please check out her blog posts. Learn more about it. we got other people coming on board, too. Hopefully, we'll be writing some things and be more involved in what's coming down the pike. Like I mentioned, we have um, another one coming out in um, early December that's going to be on more specifically the content that's coming. Please let us know what your thoughts are. So um, I am going to close out now. And um, you saw the disclaimer. Please remember... Um, never come up benzodiazepines or taper up benzodiazepines with, without some professional help. Um, it can be very risky, and anything we said here is for informational purposes and should never be considered medical advice. I always want to squeeze that in. And I think that's it. Our next episode will be episode 129. Um, and it might be that one. It might be one before that. Who knows? We're going to keep popping them out as we get. We're going to get more content out. That's what's coming. We're getting more content, and that's building what we're doing here. So. Um, just remember, as I always tell you all, keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. We'll see you next time.